It's that money boy. Yeah. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right, thank you for joining the ESPC Podcast Network. Where the purpose of every podcast is to make money. Who am I? And why the hell should you listen to anything I have to say? I have MBA, securities license, clients net worth 50 million and above. Yesterday, we had Tom Getty, friends with Magic Johnson, who's a billionaire, friends with Tiger Woods, who is a billionaire. We were talking about business. So you can only do this in the United States where you get somebody elite as his. He knows the guys from the PGA. Uh, any any anybody sports related, he knows them on a personal basis. And he was an executive at DraftKings. He left when he wanted to. <laughs> now he's starting a new com- company, and we were talking about business yesterday. So what we do is we take all that business knowledge and we apply it to betting on football games. So every single podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome, a specific purpose and an outcome. So we got what the purpose is. One purpose I'll add is that we're teaching business and financial concepts. Man, we did it yesterday. We're doing it again with Tom Getty. We're doing it again today and every day. Now, this podcast, we're going to go into details as far as the philosophy and betting and concepts and business concepts. On Wednesday, we're gonna do the spread offense, the no huddle, uh, air raid, speed. We're gonna do tempo. We're gonna run tempo and go a lot faster. This one, we're gonna get you so people know the details of things. And this, this, I call this the Renee Descartes podcast. Renee Descartes said that a life left unexamined is not worth living so what that means in business is the hawthorne effect hawthorne effect podcast that whatever you track and whatever you measure you improve its performance by 10 to 20 percent for us we were last week as a podcast we were over 52.5 percent which is break even a little bit better. I was in 57, 58% range. We want to get to 70%. So for me, by learning and reviewing the bets you got wrong, you can focus on getting close to 80%. Now, why is 80% the top and not 100% the top? It's because of probability theory. We teach probability theory, decision science, math concepts. There are analogous to sports betting, betting on NFL games, like return to the mean, to the law of opposites, which is pure math, right? And taking advantage of market inefficiencies, fundamental analysis, which we'll get into. In, in the lesson, I think each um, Hawthorne effect, I'll ask Scott, uh, after I introduce him, I'll ask Scott, should I explain one financial and business concept before 
is to get into the Hawthorne effect. We explain the Hawthorne effect for 30 seconds. So it'll take me 30 seconds. Uh, another uh, business concept that we had, we have it all the time in every podcast. Yesterday we had on steroids where we had a uh, highly paid guy making, you know, I didn't want to embarrass him, but when you're an executive at DraftKings, you're, you're making north of a million dollars a year. <laughs> north, sometimes high north. And he was, he was directly reported to the CEO. We got him out. We got a lot of insight. We, we got a lot of insight yesterday that you don't get from CNBC reporters, that you don't get from Bloomberg. He was laughing. I was like, oh, he's on CNBC. He was like, yeah, yeah, you got, because you got some information, but he's a man of the people. He grew up in the hood. So he knows. Uh, he knows how it is to be poor and middle class. So he was willing to share that information, which I think is part of my motivation. So we got a lot of insight. You do not get anywhere else. So big one yesterday was that if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And we also talked about regional diversity. So he went from uh, a poor middle class household he went to a rich private school because his parents sacrificed his dad was working for boeing his mom was the nurse and they sacrificed to put him in a private school with the nordstrom's from nordstrom store right and so then he goes from there he gets a scholarship to a little college carroll college in montana so you got an inner city kid he goes to montana we talked about regional diversity that it's not just race which you see on tv it's not just gender. It's not just uh, sexual orientation or disability. It's age. It's region. Re- we talked a lot about regional diversity. And how to a big one, big question. How do you go in as a middle class guy, poor middle class guy? You go into a boardroom, right? And you sell to an old, rich white man who really doesn't care what you have to say. So you got like a minute to go in there to make money. We went over that yesterday. He says you come at him with data. Data says the Hawthorne effect, whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance 10 to 20%. So on this podcast right now, we have regional diversity. I'm sitting here in Southern California, high taxes, high rent. Scott's in the Northeast, high rent, high tax. <laughs> Taxi, they call it Taxi Tuesdays for a reason. So thank you, Scott, for providing us diversity. Good thing. I'm uh, about nine hours back from uh, Las Vegas. So I came back this morning. So I was in your neck of the woods for the last four or five days. So um, I'm happy to be here. You know, week one was a struggle for sure. But as I've said for the last four or five days, week one's always the toughest one to bet. Right. Because you basically have to see tendencies, uh, you know, what what teams are looking for, what teams what teams do, what they're looking at, stuff like that. So um, I'm happy to be I'm happy to be back. You know, so here we go. 17 straight weeks over 60, 65 percent profit. Get right. to 70 most weeks. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this week and uh, right. that trend. So. Actually, we start we started and, off hotter, but I think it's yeah. good that we started the way we started because the consensus is uh, 
between the feedback yep. I got from you independently. I like when I get yep. independent comments from people who haven't talked to each other. So you hadn't mm -hmm. talked to Chad and Chad said, oh man, we're going to make a lot of money this year. And, and you said the same thing. So I'm yeah. like, oh, could this be yeah. one of those years where we end up the whole year at 70%? It, it's highly possible, okay? My, my feeling is you always have that one week where you sneak it out. You sneak out that profit. And this, this I think, was the week that we snuck out the profit. Right. Um, so so I think it's it's on the ground running, wheels in the air, you know, stuff like that. I think we're, we're going to have a nice year this year. I could see it coming because of all the information that we've gotten, you know, from Agent Rob, right. from Don Benson. Benson. That was great. The Rams. From detail. Yep. From Jim Coventry. On many levels, because you know, Jim, Jim, Don, and Rob yep. are very successful Rob, men. Yep. Rob. Rob was very, very good last week. Very, MLS. Very I don't know if we got it on there, but he's. The top agent for MLS. He's, I'm like, oh, you're the top agent for Formula One. It's like, don't forget MLS. Yep. Don yep. lives in Carlsbad, California. The nicest place to live in, in this country that I've seen. I lived yep. in Boston, New York City, uh, Southern California, Florida, Austin, Texas. And I, my humble opinion, Carlsbad is the nicest place to live in this country. And Don lives there. Yep. Yeah. Jim's always so, on point. I always like Jim. You always learn a lot from Jim to make money. So, so where in any other podcast do you, do you get this stuff? And I, I told you pre-show, I watched ESPN Daily Wager the right. first time from beginning to end program. All of them were on the Cowboys to right. win that game this week. All of them. And what happened? Tampa Bay won. Right. We, I got that one wrong, so we'll go over that one as well. Yeah, I got that. I got that one wrong too. But at least you got the before. under. You, at least you got the under on that. Yeah, and and then I went down and, and put in my bet for Tampa Bay because it was like when everybody five analysts are on it like that. <laughs> go the other go way. Go the other way. Go the other way. All right. So. All right. So first game in two things. Alaska. Is it okay to for thirty seconds teach people? A business yeah. financial thing that's analogous to sportsman. So the one I'm going to do Absolutely. this week is the one that saved us, which was which is arbitrage. Where arbitrage is in the finance world, wealth management world, where I have the clients of fifty million and above. You trade ten different, at least ten different stocks in the same, like to say the airline industry. You trade 10 different airline stocks if you notice a market inefficiency. So for us, it is uh, 10 or more games. So I do 10 or more college. I do all the NFL. I started doing the all, all the NFL five years ago to get that arbitrage, get uh, market inefficiency, which this week was the unders. Mm-hmm. Right, which was were the unders. So, bet ten or more games to take advantage of market inefficiencies. And another one, another factor that's added into that 
is specific to sports betting is a probability theory. A good book to think about this is Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. Probability theory is 80%. What that means is we've got the 80-20 rule book back there. Great book to read for business. And it is that the highest level that anything is going to happen is 80%. You say you're going to pick up your kid from school every day this year. You know what? Mm -hmm. It's going to be 80%. One day your tire is going to blow. One day your kid kid is sick and he can't make it out. It's going to be an in-service day. (laughs) When you ended up the year, you attempted to pick up your kid every day from school. It's going to end up being about 80%. So there's a 20% luck factor. So that's big in what we're doing today, and it is what wagers, what decisions that we made. We had decision science, which we teach, and I'll introduce that in the next couple of weeks or next week. Yeah, and, and I'll give you another quick thing. Yeah. Don't go – when you bet, don't bet on every sport. Bet – focus first on what you're good at. Right. Which is – if it's football – it's football. If it's baseball, it's baseball. If it's basketball, it's basketball. Master that first. Then incorporate another sport. But don't bet on five different sports. Right. Focus on the one sport you feel the strongest at, and then incorporate some bets into another sport. Like me, it's football, basketball. Right. And it's nothing else. So I, I will not bet on hockey no i don't bet I hockey either. bet on a little golf the only time i bet on golf is when the major tournaments hit that's the only time i bet on golf i never uh, bet on golf i you and know horse racing i right. bet horse racing too yeah and i rarely yeah. bet horse racing too but uh yeah i do the, the one I'm only the-, the one masters where tiger woods was coming back yeah. and you know tiger woods was coming back and i felt he was healthy and i healthy enough but that's that's an easy course so out of all the courses yes. the one that's the least taxing on your body is the master so i'm like you know masters. what this dude is targeting the masters yeah exactly exactly so i put money on it and guess what he won but i didn't yeah, bet it's... i didn't bet the us open after that yeah you know yeah so that that's the thing. So just for any new better, just focus. If you love football right. and you know football, then then bet on football and don't go crazy at the beginning. Right. Bet little amounts and then work your way up. Right. And that, and that's that's what I've done. I, I bet little amounts, small amounts, and then when I started doing this last year, I my bet started getting a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, but not over my knees. Just bet on what you can. So. Right, and then then uh, we did. I did the NBA, but I knew I didn't have time because that's the other thing too. Uh, if you're getting like ninety percent on your NFL bets and you're ninety percent college, uh, what's going on with the other parts of your life? Are you neglecting your children, your wife? Are you neglecting your other businesses, whatever? Or are you just pouring over stocks, <laughs> making sure it's right game? Because the most yeah. important word in the English dictionary is balance. In the system we have that we teach here on the podcast has a mental health component, right? Like money at me in sports betting, the first thing I did was invested in my wife's gasoline or what she complains about, or she wants to buy an expensive purse that she doesn't want the money to come out of savings or doesn't want to come out of retirement accounts, but she wants to buy a 
thousand dollar purse because she just wants mm-hmm. to, that comes out of betting money. So happy to have a thousand dollars in betting money in the bankroll to you know instead of betting it on a game, give it to her to buy a purse. And she has not bought gasoline since 2011. That have been non betting dollars. So yeah, you, you have to incorporate. The, the, just to let you know, the betting money I won, I brought home. Right. I took 500 up for myself. I gave the rest of the money to my wife and said, get gas, do whatever you want to do with it. So exactly. That's part of the balance. That's part of the balance in your life. Yeah. Then, then she says, oh, when are the next time you're going to Vegas? Uh, my wife, yeah, balance. My wife's like, oh, I want you to watch this movie. Uh, you know, so romantic comedy is funny. You're going to like it. Uh, bring your iPad so you can watch your football game. Yep, exactly. exactly. And if I wasn't making money and she wasn't benefiting from it and buying things with it, there would be no iPad watching the game. <laughs> right? So, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, first game I got wrong. Okay. I think you got right. Well, it says question mark here. So, what you sent me, you didn't tell me about Thursday night. I thought the Rams were going to win that game. I bet the Rams money line in the under 53, yeah. and I was completely <laughs> wrong. And this is the thing too. You gotta admit when you're wrong. As uh, you know, people, as business owners, parents, we're always supposed to be right. Father knows best, so it's embarrassing, hum- humiliating, uh, depressing when you're flat out wrong. And I was completely wrong about this game. Uh, Rams showed no energy. I've seen them in, in, in the training camp twice. They had more energy in training camp. We had during this game, and then Josh Allen made plays. I don't think long term is good for him to be out there running as much as he does. Uh, but hey, totally agree. You know, what I mean, uh, we did get the end of forty three. Yep. What was your picks on that game, and what what could we learn from that it, game? It was it was Bills in the under was my pick, right? Um, I totally agree with you. I don't know what he's doing running in the fourth quarter when they're up by three touchdowns. No idea. He's no gonna, idea. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's going to derail the Bills' uh, Super Bowl chances. Right. I don't even know uh, who their backup is. It, it was Mr. Stravinsky. Now he's in with Pittsburgh. My biggest takeaway is this with the Rams. is They paid a lot of money to Allen Robinson. I mean, a lot of money. Right. And he could, he could not get open for the most part. And Stafford had eyes on Cup basically most of the night. So is that going to change? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to change. I think it will. I think he'll he'll become a little bit more balanced and diverse in his passing uh, distribution. But it was just scary to see that Allen Robinson. I don't, I don't know if he's old. If he's wa- oh, I don't know if he's washed up. But it was just it was just a bad sign to see a guy that you went after right not get separation and not be open most of the night and your quarterback didn't have confidence to throw you the ball. He was throwing the ball to Skoranek all night. Higby right. and Cup. And he wasn't looking for Robinson or he wasn't throwing it that much. So that's my big takeaway. The Rams have to get more diverse in their passing game. You know, Stafford's got to – because they're not – Love it, ball. love it. Got you guys using the word diverse. <laughs> Diversity. Acres in the running game. They're not going to get a lot – you know, they're not going to get a lot out of that, that I don't think. Stafford's right. going to have to throw the ball a lot this year. And, that, and that's my big takeaway. And and the Buffalo 
both sides of the ball in the trenches, the lines, totally dominated that game. Totally dominated that game. And that that's a big thing to me. Is right. that if you have, you have dom, trenches dominate game, the game like they do, that's a problem for the Rams. The Rams got to clean that up fast and get that fixed. So. 100% agree. All right. Now we got our, our superstar here. Arena League superstar, 26 uh, yards catch. Uh, one catch, the, the, he was targeted, was intercepted, and he caused a turnover. Got the ball back for his team. Chad Nolan, thank you. His brother, uh, pro football focus, number one ranked QB, Oregon State. Brought his team back from behind in dramatic fashion to uh, beat Fresnac State. In, uh, in a couple of weeks, they'll take on the USC Trojans. Chad Nolan, thanks for joining us. He's joining in, jumping in on the podcast. What's up, guys? How you doing, Chad? All right, so well. yeah, we got over, you know, setting down the foundation. I know this is your favorite podcast. Uh, we're on the Rams game. What did we learn from the Rams? Man, Rams game. Oh well, yeah, we were all over the under. Yeah, we got that. I really think a lot of. I mean. These teams that were high scoring last year and, and these numbers that are just outrageous. I mean, unders prevailed week one. I think it's where uh, profit came from. The, yeah, the first. I mean, you, you, what do you what do you say, Josh? That co- the coaches they break the season up into four parts. Four parts. Or four yeah. games. Well, it used to be four, 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 but now there's a fifth because we got the seventeen. Right. Games. So, so you like? I think in this he says he's going five. He's going five. In week six will, will be the week where he has evaluated where the Patriots are. Yeah. So it's going to go five, four, four, four. Well, yeah, I think yeah, this, first, this first five weeks, uh, you know, we're going to see that a lot. Like this Thursday night game, I mean, you got a number that's like 53 and a half with the Chiefs right. and the Chargers. It's a division game on a short week. I mean, it. Yeah. it's just, I mean, yeah, they, it's, it numbers, it's way too big. Um, Way too big there. You know, we've seen, a, I mean, a, a, a lot of these, you know, the Dallas game was a 50s number way under, um, you know, v- Vegas Chargers was 52 and a half. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's a, there is a, offenses are, are a little slow to start. Um, you know, we did see kind of in the second half, some teams pick up. Um, you know, one thing that kind of, I had a realization this weekend to myself, just watching college football and NFL this weekend for the first time, you know, back to back on a Saturday, Sunday this year. Right. And the backdoor cover is a lot more prevalent in the NFL than it is in college. Right. Yeah. Um, teams yeah. get down, you know, down touchdown, down 10 points under the spread. They do come back sometimes, but it's not – the percentage of backdoor covering is a lot higher in the NFL. Yeah. Um, a team like the Lions, they, right. they backdoor covered for us all year last year. Right. And again this week. Exactly. Down, it could, down, it, big, it, I mean, and Adrian Rob told us, too. It's yeah. about telling people before it happens. at one point in that game. Right. 38 17, they were down. Yeah. yeah. Down 21 points. And, and you know, that, that's the thing with these pros. The, the margin of utility is not that big. The talent's there. Right. And these are pros. They're not college kids, man. They don't give up. Right. Um, especially in the first four games of the season when nobody's 0 8 yet or 1 7 and they're not defeated. So, right. Um, Man, I think that's something to look at live betting second. Oh, yeah. If you got a team down right now or this early in the season, down 21, down 17, man, look look for that back. If you're getting, you know, four, plus 14, 
he probably could have lied better lines over plus 14 and a half. Right. And they were down 21. And they covered that with flying colors. Um, so that's kind of my week one, just overview, overall takeaways. No, big time, big time. And I think, too, with college, uh, and I guess you'll know this with Chance, right? Chance will look at uh, maybe 10 different looks from a defense in a game, 10 to 12 different looks in a game. In the NFL, each series, the quarterback is going to see a different look, and in the second half, they're going to be all different looks, right? Yeah, NFL and even between snaps, they'll change defenses within within snaps, between, you know, yeah. first down to second down, which with, you know, chance you'll see that same front that whole series. And NFL, they'll yeah, change the front play to play. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's a great point. I, I definitely think, you know, in-game adjustments are done at a way higher level than college. Right. I think that's a big separator of college um, and pro coaches is being able to make in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, you know, series-to-series adjustments. Um, so, yeah. As, as Chad just touched on that Detroit game, you don't think Detroit just did the same thing in late third or in fourth right. quarter. They made adjustments as that right up to there, and the adjustments worked. So, yeah. That's a big. That's a big thing. Coaches are making adjustments on the fly as the game is going on. No, so, no, I had a, it's not uh, only go from run to pass. It's it's how, how are we going to run the ball? We're going to go to the outside. We're going to stay on the inside. Are we going right. to? You know, are we going to throw slants? Are we going to throw posts? What are we going to do? So, it's good. You know, it's going to make me sad because I lost a good friend, Mike Lewis, who used to play for the New Orleans Saints uh, with Sam Mills and them. And he told me he's like, "What? Wait till halftime to make an adjustment?" No. I, I got off the field, and my position coach was like, oh, what did you see? What did you see? What did you see? And based on what he's told him what he see, he made an adjustment. Nobody's waiting until halftime to make an adjustment. Yeah, and when you see on camera the, the quarterbacks coming off the field and the, and the coaches standing right there waiting for them, they're, not, they're talking about what did you see. When the quarterbacks are looking at that thing, they're looking to see what the defense is doing. Right. They're making adjustments. It's, well, they're playing zone. We thought they were playing man. Now we gotta we gotta put in our zone stuff. Right. So that's that's when you see that, you know the adjustments coming. It's just how long it will take to sink in and click in, and you know what personnel is on the field to, to make that happen. So big time, big time. Uh, next game that I got wrong that I should have gotten right. Was that Eagles? We got the Eagles money line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we got the Eagles money line, and that's what I did. I did Eagles money line, but the under 49 and a half that game was going over because I overestimated, and I was thinking about it. Am I, am I overestimating the Eagles defense? Because the Eagles' defense is developmental, right? Howie Roseman wants to get guys, put them in the system, put them on the practice squad, and have these guys improve year to year. So I had too much trust in Howie Wiseman. He was one of those guys who um, got divorced. And in the divorce settlement, you can look it up online, Howie Roseman divorce settlement, other podcasts I did with Scott, True Crime, Horse Racing. This court had a lot. We got a lot of information for this court. The Central District Court of New Jersey. 
That's where his divorce hit him the lands. He neglected his wife and kids for football. He slept in the office. And now he's divorced. He's paying alimony and child support. And all he does is sleep in the office. I thought he was going to have that defense ready to go. And obviously they have problems, right? They have second-year coordinator because Roseman wants to control everything. And they let the Lions back in the game. Their defense and uh, we went a half hour with Adrian Rob about Detroit. We know a lot about Detroit. And we start off one and one with Detroit. Uh, But we made, you know, we broke even. Uh, Golf is great with the deep ball. Uh, They're running the air raid in Detroit. So the air raid means that the receivers, the quarterback, read the defense independent of each other. And and, and the receiver has to look for the ball. And Adrian Rom nailed it. He said the two guys that Goff is comfortable with is Hawkinson and Amonson Brown. And those are the guys that brought him back because they both got together and they're both reading the defense the same way. They forgot about the other guys in the first half. And Goff says, hey, I got to make my money. I'm going to go with the guys that are comfortable with. Because of that, those two factors – I was wrong about the Eagles' defense. What do you guys think about that game? I, I think Detroit's going to score all year long. To be honest with you, I, I think their running game is is really good. I think they have, they have weapons on the passing game, so I, I can't think Detroit's going to hurt for points. And Philadelphia too. Philadelphia's got a lot of weapons too. I mean, they got Goddard, A.J. Brown. Um, Devonta Smith, Miles Sanders, if he runs the ball like that all year long, right. that's going to add another dimension. So I, I think you're going to look at a lot of overs on Philadelphia and Detroit this year. I, I think they're both going to score in the yep. mid to mid to high 20s to thir- low 30s. Right. So, like, I just looked at the Philadelphia-Minnesota. Over under, that's 51. If that, that might go over. That's one game that I might look at the over on that because both teams can score. But Early in, in this season. game – in this game, as soon as Detroit was down twenty-one, you know that you knew they were going to score. Right. You knew it. Yeah. You, just, you just knew it. They did it last year too against San Francisco. Remember, they were way down and then scored a ton of points in the fourth quarter to to get the over. Yeah, they did the same thing this this year. Yeah, I mean, that's what that live betting comes to. They've been a great team at not giving up and late in games, and and especially at home. I mean, in a home opener in front of your home fans down twenty-one, they were going to come back. But yeah, I, I agree. Right. I think Lions, Eagles. Both offenses are going to put up points. Um, you know, I kind of we kind of knew that coming in. Both you know, both those teams and both defenses. I mean, are are average defenses. I don't you know. I don't think they they're not you know top half. I would say they're both bottom bottom sixteen defenses. I mean, yeah. You know, they're they're going to give up some plays here here or there. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think um, you know these lines and the Eagles are definitely going to be teams to look at for the over here. That fifty one number for the Lions Vikings. You know, that is interesting. Um, you know, because you're in that controlled environment, you know, inside, but also you got a division game now. Um, you know, so division games really do tend to slow the pace. But, you know, the Vikings are going to, I mean, put up points on the Lions, and I see the Lions scoring too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I see that. That it, that game easily is going to get over 45. Um, it's going to put, you know, a touchdown could take it to over 52 real quick there. So that, that, uh, that'll be one interesting one to research. My my little tendency, my little thing is if Detroit's playing at home, 
or in an away dome, they're going to score 27 points every game. That's that's my feeling. Right. And they're, and they're going to go all, and bet the Detroit team total over because it's only going to be like 21. So That's yeah. Detroit. Uh, one game I nailed. Uh, second year in a row this has happened, right? Where Tomlin, master strategist, Super Bowl champion. He's a military strategist, too. He graduated from the Citadel. Again, we, we study these guys a lot for corporate governance. And I even got even more inspired to do it uh, talking to Tom Getty yesterday, you know, executive at, uh, at DraftKings. And, you know, he was talking about how smart the, the founder of DraftKings is. You know? Yeah, not only is he like has a hundred billion dollars, the guy's also really smart. He 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 directly reported to him. So, and I'll give you the exact worth of this guy in a second. But uh, Tomlin graduated from Silojo, military strategist, was on that Tampa Bay uh, defensive staff with Tomlin. Was there? Uh, Tony Dungy's your head coach. Lovey Smith, who made his money this week was your linebackers coach. Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator who Pete Carroll, who made us money last night, said, I'm never going to change. I'm going to do the defense that Monty Kiffin taught me. Your defensive line coach was former NFL coach Rod Marinelli. Defensive assistant Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator for your Green Bay Packers. And Tomlin was the defensive assistant. And John Lynch, a general manager for your San Francisco 49ers, was a safety on that team. All right. So first game of the season, last year was Buffalo. You're getting points. He's studying him for the whole year. First game of the season. Mike Tomlin's studying you. Both times he made me money. This time, plus seven, about half a point, under 45. Uh, let me see, Scott. You got that one right. You were right on it with me. So we're not going to spend too much time on that since we both nailed you, that. You really going to give Tomlin seven points in right. a division game? Only right. a game? Really? Yeah. Come on, Rip. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. And and Mr. Trubisky is your quarterback. Right. What is he going to do? Play defense, run the ball. Thank you. Thank perfect, you. Perfect storm. Love you, Vegas. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh <laughs> with the points and, and the under. Right. It's it, – it's sitting out there. We'll get to another game later that was just sitting there knowing you're going to win. Right. That Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. Perfect. Pittsburgh, I, I, I woke up and I, and I bet it again. And I bet it again. Yeah. I, I'm conservative mm-hmm. what, what I shoot out there. But really, money-wise, I was in the 60% because I was like Tomlin. You know, yeah. With I agree. Time to prepare. Uh, he's caught. I didn't necessarily think he was going to win, but it was going to be – a very tight game. So we yep. nailed that one. You learn more from losses than win. One game I got completely wrong that, that Scott got right. And again, there, there were three games, right, that to uh, Chad's point where teams made big comebacks. Uh, Chicago, the Giants, right? And let me see what other game it was the second half. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Detroit. So, uh, yeah. Chicago. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce Zap, his last name. Eberfuss. Blue lead too. 
Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons blew hugely too. Yeah. Yeah. Falcons are too, you know, to be expected. They still cover. They still cover. <laughs> That's why I didn't process because yeah. they still monetize that game. Uh, he's a great Pinkle, right? So he's a disciple of Gary Pinkle. Who's Gary Pinkle? Gary Pinkle, very diverse guy. He learned from uh, James. James was the legendary coach at University of Washington that was Warren Moon. He was the first uh, Pac-10 at that time coach to have a black quarterback in the Rose Bowl. Ilwafress comes from there. He was a grad assistant. Pinkle took, took him to Missouri. And Pinkle, being diverse, was had the first openly gay player, uh, Sims, who got Gruden in trouble, to in an SEC title game. So he was... The, he had, because he just wants to win. He he just cared that the guy's a linebacker. He cared less about his sexual orientation. So, you know, the guy, he ends up being drafted, and Gruden, we know what Gruden thought about that. Gruden called um, Goodell a pussy for allowing Sims, a gay guy in the NFL. I don't know. <laughs> crazy stuff. That's why Gruden got fired. But Ilverfuss is part of all that. He recruited Sims. He doesn't care he was gay. He recruited him to the University of Missouri. And Missouri does a miracle trip to the SEC title game. So I know this guy can coach defense. And again, I needed to put him in the Tomlin ter- territory. This is one of these games where the Bears are not going to be good long term. I saw them. They're off. They're, they were picking up guys off the waiver wire and then starting on the offensive line. <laughs> That's how bad they are. The McCaskies are not letting them have. Was, was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. As I said to you, Josh, as soon as that video Sunday morning came right. up and I saw the pouring rain, under, there's no under, way it's going. It's not coming close. It was under, under, yeah. Oh, under. Yeah, That's another game I doubled down because I did the same thing. You saw it rain. It was like, okay, let me under. And when, and when ESPN said – it wasn't letting up the whole game, and it did not. Right. You definitely were going under. You definitely yeah. had to go to the under. Yeah, so I, I think it's tough, too, with that range to get a true evaluation on Fields or Lance because, yeah, you, know, you know, that's a tough evaluation, atmosphere, you know, environment. You know, I think when we get them in a controlled setting, but I was not very impressed with Trey Lance. I think the 49, and now it's early, it was a rain game, but – I'm really going to keep an eye on him because I think they might struggle this year offensively. Well, Garoppolo is going to come in at some point. And he's not going to start in the next game, but I think, like I said in the preview podcast, he's going to so, – he'll, so he'll play like so the fourth the quarter. Was this. was yeah. this. Lynch did not want to trade him or release him because Seattle would have picked him up. They right. didn't want that. Right. So they signed him to the richest backup QB contract they paid, they paid in his ass to keep him for there. one year. Yeah, right, right. exactly. Okay. But my ten off point, very good moves. Yeah, to your point, Trey Lance struggles in one or two more games. He's getting pulled, and Jimmy G's coming in. They just I, lost to the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a terrible loss. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they're As a seven point favorite. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do the research before tomorrow to find out uh, what was the excuse for the defense, right? The the defense allowed all that running in the second half, but again, they were put in bad position because of the turnovers. 
You, you know that video that you show on the Tennessee quarterback being just a, a thrower? That's what I get from Lance. He's just a thrower. Right. He doesn't step into his throws. He just uses all arm and all upper body. He and that, and that's going to get you in trouble in the NFL. He throws it, it really instead is. of passing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like like a, a, a thrower, like a Lance, he's throwing it through like a hula hoop target. Right. Where a Brady is throwing it through a basketball hoop target. Right. Yep. Their eyesight is just, the, their pinpoint is just, right? Like they're just throwing it out there to the hula hoop, putting it in the vicinity where, you know, Brady and those throw, those elite passers are putting that right. shit on the freaking basketball yeah. hoop. You got this much room and they're putting it through the circle every time. Right. Yeah, that level of precision. I mean, one inch is all a guy needs to get a finger on a ball and break up that pass. Right. I mean, you don't, you don't need, it doesn't take much, you know? So like, I mean, it's a game of inches. That precision, that, you know, being able to pass in those tight windows, put it, you know, one in, you know, in those little tight spots makes a huge difference. I mean, exactly. you don't have much room there to work with in the NFL with these guys' speed and breaking on stuff. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, so that's the game I got wrong. You see how we learn from these? Another game I got wrong, uh, Scott got right. Uh, and again, number one rule of re- re- uh, betting is never bet your own team. Uh, number two is always do your research. I needed to research this game more. And I needed to relax, sit back, really process the information. Because I must have read it 10 times. You know, something you read it 10 times, but you don't process it. I read it 10 times that Matt Patricia was going to be the offensive coordinator and was going to be calling plays. I couldn't process that. I'm like, really? How? Matt Patricia? Idiot Matt Patricia? And he was on the podcast yesterday, Matt Patricia, with Tom Getty, the executive from DraftKings, because we were talking about, and both uh, Tom and I have been in the same situation, where you walk into a boardroom, and I'm looking nice, maybe 50 pounds ago, nice suit, everything going good, and you have to influence in 20 seconds or less, an old, rich, white man whose great-grandkids are rich, and they don't want to hear anything you have to say, you're lucky you even got that maybe, right? And you have to influence that person. How do you do it? With data. But the data does not make the decision for you. It's a tool for you to make a decision. And one thing, famous move I did once, the old, rich guy was eating an apple. So this is what I did. I grabbed the apple from him and took a bite out of it. <laughs> yeah, he He's like, oh, you took my apple. And then, boom, I gave him my 20-second pitch. <laughs> because you got to do something to be an outlier. This person is talking to people all day. They're making him pitches all day. You have to do something that shows that, you know, you have a lot of confidence. And then you're different than everybody else. But that's a business move. Matt Patricia right famous fourth and two head coach of detroit lions his right guard injured his knee and they're like matt the right guard's hurt uh he's like still let's go for it what do you mean matt go for it go for it after the game you know of course we know what happened the left guard was blown up and he lost five yards and end up losing the game and they go matt patricia why did you go for it on fourth and two because that's what the numbers said. That's what analytics, we made analytics do make the decision for us. 
He needed to listen to the podcast with Tom Getty and I. Analytics is a tool to make a decision. It does not make the decision for you. So now I know Matt Patricia's the the play caller, sort of. He's reading the script Bellatree wrote for the offense. And he's not getting in the plays on time. And poor that uh, you know, poor quarterback is going back there screaming at him. Give me the freaking play, man. <laughs> you guys are gonna let me call it. Give me the freaking play. So it was a complete disaster. I needed to know that. And I should have gone with Miami like Scott did. Because the pass weren't gonna score at all, and they were gonna leave their defense in a hundred degree heat, hundred percent humidity on the field all day. What do you think, so Chad? Here's what I will tell. Yeah, here's what I will tell you about the Patriots. I I live in New England. Right. I live in northern Massachusetts. I was in Vegas for the last five days. I put two hundred fifty dollars on the Patriots under eight and a half wins. I do not like them with Matt Patricia or Joe Judge as their offensive coordinators. I just don't. Mac Jones, everybody says regressed. He's regressed because he doesn't have any coaching. I don't think he's There's regressed. No he, he has no coaching. He's, he's as good as he ever well, was. That's why he's, he's not giving any professional he's no coaching. Offensive coaching. No, uh, no. Their offense is not good. Their defense, Tyreek Hill caught a couple of balls against their quarterbacks Sunday that were, just should not have been caught. So to me, this, this tells me that the pay- – Patriots can start 0-4 this year. They got right. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, at Green Bay in the next three games. They could lose. They could be 0-4 right. coming into Week 5 against Detroit. And if they can't put 30 points up against Detroit, they may lose that game too. Right. So th- there is six or seven one team at best with that personnel that they have. They have no, no style wide receivers. They're tight. They don't throw their tight ends. Hunter Henry may be their best receiver on the Right. Team. That's who he and, needed to go with in the beginning, get confidence. And he caught two balls for 20 yards on Right. Team. So to me, that tells me that the offense is no imagination, no flow, no anything. And now Mac Jones has, has a back spasm, which could flare up at any time. Right. So, and then you're going to trust Brian Hoyer as your quarterback. And as you said pre, pre-show, I'd rather go with Billy Zappi, to be honest with you, as right. a back quarterback. Because I think he really would bring more. So that's my opinion. They have no imagination on offense. So Miami, to me, was an easy call because I just didn't like anything I saw on offense in preseason or I didn't like the reports coming out of training camp. So yeah. that, that's why I picked Miami in the end. Up. Miami's offense looked really good too, man. They, yeah, uh, they, did. Mc, they did. McDaniel's got a good mind. I mean, they, you know, I, 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 you know, I know River Craycraft pretty well, so I, you know, I kind of been keeping up just with you know their whole camp and who's getting cut and what guys are making you know active roster. You know, River actually dressed up for that game, made the active roster. Man, I just I, I think they just got a good camaraderie down there. They got a good they had a decent year last year, you know, and they built off that. I feel like they have progressed from last year. They've moved on from Flores. They took all the good. Um, you know, they had a great defense last year. Flores did a good job with that defense. You know, now right. it's like they got they got the weapons in the offseason offensively. They picked up the right guys. And I think the scheme is good. And the trigger man, Tua, looks like he's making strides in the right direction. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Dolphins, watch out, man. They, they you know, the, those bills got to come down to Miami. They might be in for a battle, you know. Um, might be a good spot there to uh, – 
you get a plus seven and a half uh, Miami Dolphins at home. Yeah. Um, not hot weather. If those you know, the Bills coming down, so definitely like the Dolphins, man. They're a team that I think is uh, is, a, is a team that's a play a, a play team for me more than a fade team for sure right now. Yeah, and and I will tell you this about the Dolphins. Okay, the Tyreek was featured because he's the new weapon on the team. Right. Watch out for Jalen Waddle on that team. Just watch out for him. He's going to take off here eventually. Yeah. His 42-yard touchdown reception was a lot of Tua throwing the ball, 10 yards, 15 yards, and Waddle going the rest of the way. Watch out for Jalen Waddle. And if Waddle catches up to Tyreek, that offense is going to be really dangerous this year to, to cover. So it's a lot of speed out there. Yes, right. absolutely. The, the problem is going to be the rest moving forward. I mean, I like Josh Boyer as a decent corner. But since Ross, uh, you know, he's facing federal indictment, uh, man, I hate when somebody dies and they don't give the cause of death. When you have a owner like Ross around, general manager dies in a press box, they're not releasing the cause of death. We need to know <laughs> how this man died. So it's going to be interesting. The Dolphins, on the field, I think they're fine. I think. But and Miami's going to playoffs too, I think. That's yeah. the other thing. I think they're going to playoffs. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, Panthers in the under. That game barely went over. Kind of went the way I thought it was going to be. These are two analytics teams, two bad teams. Um, yeah, this is got the, it wrong. The one pick that I went the other way that I got right with the over. So with the over. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the only my only fate of you guys that I got right. Everyone else I missed. Steelers I missed. <laughs> Freaking. Yeah, it's always dangerous to do that. Dangerous proposition. You're going to be wrong like 70% of the time. Baker is not good. Yeah, but I, this one, I, I called the over here because of the grudge, right? Yeah, right I right. saw the grudge, right? Exactly. Baker is trying to score and come back. And, right, right. You know, and the Browns want to beat his ass because, you know, they're, they're right. that close rivalry. And, and with a number like 42, with that kind of rivalry, right? We like all the games, right? Belichick. Last year against the Browns, I remember specifically, the, the it was under, Belichick had the ball, he drove it down, he kept trying to score because he has a grudge against the Browns coaching staff because right. that's where he used to coach from and yep. made the game go over. So that was the main reason I picked it. Um, but something we got to look at, man, these grudge-style games, man, teams want, you know, Baker was go at all costs. You know, they both these teams, they're trying to score, they're trying to win at the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that I mean that's something just to look for in, in the grudge matches. Games that would probably oh, be unders are gonna go over when you got that grudge, the coaching grudge or the playing grudge. He would you could tell he he Baker was pressing big time. Yeah. He, he fumbled a lot of snaps. He just was he was trying to throw the ball in the right spot. He was trying to press. He was trying to Robbie Anderson was his best receiver right. first week and Robbie Anderson doesn't like him at all. So um he just was pressing. Maybe we'll see a better Baker in week two, but I don't know. I just didn't like the way he, he looked in game one. So, right. uh, the Lord, can, yeah, good. Has to do press. 100%. Now, we do a lot of work, right? Because uh, they make $20 million a year as coaches. Uh, basically, they're general managers. I mean, college coach to Harbaugh. When you're a college coach, you're the general manager, player personnel, head coach, offensive coordinator. Um, we were all over the Ravens. We got that one right. Ravens minus seven under 45. Every day, all day. 
<laughs> so we got Tomlin and Harbaugh right. Go ahead, do, Scott. Do you guys realize that Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times Sunday? Right. 59 times. Never Sal is a terrible Sal is a terrible coach. He's he's awful. But you know how, how Flacco gets jobs, right? He doesn't take any chances. They were all five yard throws. Swing pass. Yeah, exactly. And he was seventy exactly. percent win exactly. percentage, but they lost. But Flacco keeps his job. <laughs> that's all he cares about. <laughs> yeah. He, he, all he cares is employing uh, Cody Kessler. That's how he got the job at USC. Five yard swing pass. Oh, he's so great. No, he isn't. All he's doing is exactly. he knows. I mean, I know swing passes are hard in the NFL, but he's an NFL guy. But that's all he does. He never goes moves the ball downfield. So we nailed yeah. that. We got that right. Uh, another game we nailed both of them. I missed the second half. There's another furious comeback to tie the Texans. So we got Lovey Smith. We know Lovey Smith, right? From that coaching tree we talked about. Uh, they covered all of those guys from that coaching tree covered. So they covered seven and a half points. Uh, and we got the under 45. Second half line, we just missed because of the furious Colt comeback that I think was an outlier. So I really don't feel bad. So, so you have to differentiate between bad luck and and bad pick. That was more bad luck than anything else. What do you guys think? Texans, Colts. I hate, I hate kickers. I really hate kickers. <laughs> Two right. missed field goals. Matt Ryan was kind of struggling early right. on in the game, and then he got his feet under him in the fourth quarter. John the tail is a beast mm. running the ball. Right. Just a beast. And Pittman, Pittman as a receiver is going to be a top 10 receiver this year. They have all the weapons in place to to be successful. It's what Matt Ryan. It's all about Matt Ryan. Okay. For, the, for the Texans, you know, they're a scrappy team. They're a scrappy team under Lovey Smith. They're going to play really good defense for most of the year. And if Davis Mills can work out as a quarterback, they're going to win some games that people don't think they're going to win. So right. that's my opinion. I like Davis Mills, man. I see progression from last year. He looks better. Um, Stay for quarterback. Know, he, he, he was a stinker last year for us a couple times, you know? Right. Um, well, we, we counted him out, man, and they covered spreads. Um, you know, we didn't make that mistake this year. I mean, Texans, you know, division game at home plus seven. I mean, we were all over. You know, I wasn't actually too surprised to see them winning that game late. Um, kind of was going, going the way I thought. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I – that that division is going to be absolutely. I mean, I don't know what, what we got. Those two, the Titans. Who's the fourth team? Jacksonville. Yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, they all lost. lost. They all lost their time. It should be uh, Washington. Should be Washington. It's that that, that division is is going to be something. Uh, right. But yeah, man, I think that the Texans are going to are are, are going to play good defense. Um, they're they were good defensively last year, and I think they're making the right strides offensively. Davis Mills to. Uh, you know they that team. I mean, they could be a nine and eight team this year if they play their cards right. I could see them being, you know, getting on the right side of five hundred. But I, I see them, you know, seven eight wins for sure. You know, right. upwards of maybe nine. So uh, I, I I like the Texans this year. I think they're a very very much improved team, and I think they'll be undervalued in the betting market. I think they'll be yeah. some bigger bigger dogs in some spots where you know they shouldn't be. Like they shouldn't have been a seven point dog at home this week one. They should have been maybe three point dogs. So. Um, we'll see how the market adjusts on them. But, yeah, I think the Texans got some value for these next couple weeks. Right. And I like to look at the running game on a team like that. Uh, they had 4.4 yards of carry against the Colts to start the season. It's not like a horrible defense. 
you got like the Texans, right? 4.4 yards a carry, 3.5 each time as a first down. So that takes pressure off Mills, makes his life a little easier. So yeah. I 100% agree with Chad on that. That it's going to be a yeah, lot of value, real value on <clears throat> Houston. Uh, the Lord Commanders, we got them right on the money line. And again, I call them what the, you know, what the fucks, right? And I get that from uh, uh, Hard Knocks too, right? Uh, he's like, oh, what, what is his depth chart? Two what the fucks and three bullshits. <laughs> I'm not position group. It comes talking about it. But again, it was a crazy game between two bad teams. Carson Wentz puts it out at the end. And I thought both defense would hold up because they both have decent defenses would hold up and keep the game under, but I was wrong. That game was over all the way. What do you guys think about that game? Jackson, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Jacksonville. Right. I mean, you know, they're running. James Robinson's looked really good coming back from the Achilles injury, right. which surprised me. I thought he, they would slowly incorporate him in. But they gave him a, a bigger share of the workload than I thought they were going to give him. Um, Jacksonville is a team that has all the pieces. I mean, they just have some nice pieces. Great, a, a very good running game. Right. Wide receivers that aren't upper echelon wide receivers, but a solid group of wide receivers. And for whatever reason, their defense just let, let them down. Their defense just let them down. They were so good Carson last year. Yeah. Throw for, yeah, you can't allow Carson Wentz to throw for over 300 yards um, against you and think you're going to win that game. Right. The last time they played Carson Wentz, he was terrible because he was with the Colts. The last game of last year, he was terrible. And for whatever reason this year, he just – he played really well and he found his receivers and and it was a good first game for him. So maybe Washington's going to be a little bit better than, than a lot of people think. Um, maybe they're going to give some teams threats. But I have to see him play another game like that before I before I buy into it. So, yeah, no, I, I agree, man. Washington, interesting team. They uh, – might be a little better than we were thinking. They play in that bleed division, you know, with the, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. So it's like, you know, that after we've won that, I mean, that division is always probably the most wide-open division of football. And, I mean, man, it's wide open. Washington getting the win. I mean, they're a contender to win. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised seeing them week 10 being in first place in this division. So yeah, um, definitely got to gotta keep, keep taking an eye on them. I'm not sold yet. Jacksonville might be really bad. They might be a two three. They 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 might not do um, too very good. I mean, we yeah. we their their coaching staff they struggled last year. I mean, struggled so bad, and it's it looks like it's carrying on because Washington was not overly impressive. Now, I mean, the under here too. I mean, this game was fourteen to twelve going into the fourth quarter. Washington was winning. It was right. like twenty six. Right. Um, they had a twenty four point fourth quarter here. You know, to make it just go over by six points. So, I mean, it's that was some bad luck, I think, on the total in my mind. I mean, right. I, when you got a game, you know, 14 to 12, you know, when you got, you know, 17 plus points you could give up and still cash your under in the fourth quarter, I mean, I will take that every time. 
If you, you've given me 17 points in the fourth quarter, I got another <laughs> right, 17 right. and a half for the fourth quarter. I'm taking that bet every single, every single game. I'm going to be profitable. So, you know, it's tough ending up on the wrong side of that one, but I, I don't I don't think it was a bad pick. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, something sneaky happens at the end and it, uh, you know, one, one score or one, you know, can, can push a game over. So, um, Washington, I definitely think it's a team that might be, might, might be a lot better than we thought. And, uh, you know, Wentz does have experience. They got that, you know, they got a veteran quarterback. They got some guys that can catch the ball. They got some weapons for him. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see how they do moving forward. You know, they got the Lions, uh, the Lions this week up in Detroit. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a stinker game. Um, you know, Detroit's a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. So, uh, that's an interesting one to, to, to get into and start breaking down for next week. Yeah. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, the Raiders, I thought they were in it. Uh, we got the under 52.5 because, you know, the coaches involved in this uh, division game uh, want to keep things in their back pocket for the second game and see who's better fundamentally sound coach. Two young coaches trying to prove they can coach fundamentally sound football, which screamed the under to me. Uh, we got that. We didn't get the plus four, but I thought the Raiders were right in it at the end. They could have scored one more touchdown to cover that. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Scott, you got both those wrong. We got half of them wrong. What do you think, Scott? Derek, uh, I thought he was going to be a better quarterback than, than – I thought he was going to show, show a lot more right from the start of the season. I mean, he has an offensive mind in Josh McDaniels. Right. Got Devontae Adams. Has three really good weapons. Good offensive mind. Whatever. He just he just throws the ball into double coverage <laughs> as much as any other quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if he can't read defenses. I don't know if he just has eyes for Devontae Adams, what, what, it, yeah. what it is. He missed he a lot of it. Yeah, he was awful in that game. The whole game. I can't even come up with one or two plays that I say that's the Derek Carr that I expected to see. Right. He just did yeah. not look good. He was pressing. He was throwing the ball in places he shouldn't have thrown. Uh, it's just bad. He just was bad. And that, that Raiders defense is, is okay, but, you know, Chargers didn't really do anything either in that game that, that would, would strike me as as – Justin Herbert being, you know, really – he didn't dominate either. So, right. to me, it's just the Raiders have to start turning the ball over and have to play really good offense and really simplistic offense yeah. for them to win games. And I've taken a step back on Derek Carr since that game. I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's got to get it together quick. Yeah, he's missing open targets. I mean, yeah. last year too. I mean, there's – Devontae is open. This guy's open. He's holding on the ball for too long and he's throwing it down the field late. And that's one thing. Right. That's number one Cardinalson as a quarterback. Going deep down the field, the ball has to be on time. If the guys if you're late down the field, the DBs are gonna catch up. It's gonna become a hell a, a you know, three flags up jump ball that everyone's gonna get under. You know, you've got to be on time. And I, I mean I, I saw a play, I mean Devontae 
Gave, gave a great little hezzy, was wide open, man. That ball needs to be up in the air. Let him go yeah. get it. He yeah. throws it late and lets the corner, who's not even covering Devontae, get in back into the play and pick the ball off. It's like, can't. It can't have you can't have receivers running up running open down the field and turn that play into a pick. I mean, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers being apart week one, both of them look bad. Um, you know that 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 divorce looks looks ugly. Looks well, like, uh, well, yeah. well, Green Bay always loses the first game, and Lafleur yeah. being a uh, Reed disciple, I bet it, and he always does it every year. Those yeah. are one of those teams that took the first game almost like a preseason. Game. But they still look bad. I mean, they only scored seven points. Yeah, yeah. We had the over. Same thing happened the the previous year when they opened up. I think, or the year before, where they opened up Jacksonville, and last year where they opened up against Carolina, they they only scored like seven points. uh, We'll get to the Green Green Bay stuff in a minute because I have a couple things that that on that on Green Bay that that I I will convey. But what happened to Hunter Renfro? You made this guy look like a style last year, and for much of the game, he was. Zero catches, zero yards. Right. Well, I mean, go to They him ran him once and he fumbled, yeah. Yeah, go to him and then go back to Adams. Right. You'll get Renfro involved. Renfro, Renfro struggles and press, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. When you put that guy right on his face or, you know, like, so, when, you know, when you're the slot, right, like, right, or you receiver, <laughs> one guy has to be on the ball, guy has to be off the ball, right? right. Obviously, yeah. the guy who's off the ball, you can't press him. The closer you get to the line of scrimmage, I still got a yard and a half, two yards. I can back up three yards. I can give myself as much position I want if I'm off the ball. But when I'm on the ball, you know, that's where you don't have any space. You know, that's where the guy, getting off the press is really when you're on the ball and there's, you know, less than a foot of space. Hunter Renfro does very well with soft man coverage. Right. When it's five yards off, they're catching him. They're giving him space to work up to him and make his moves and get him in space and get him running one way. He does really well. I mean, I'm, I think that's something we're going to see on Hunter Renfro the rest of the year. You get a, you put a, a good coverage guy, quick guy right up in his face and don't let him get down the field. Don't like get, get him going. You know, I, I, I think that's how I would play Hunter Renfro right now as defensive coordinator. That's right. how I think you can mitigate him. You don't let him. You don't play six yards off catch technique and let him get ahead of steam and break to the out and right. running and come back underneath. You don't let him do that. Right. You put a guy on him. You never. He's a smaller guy. He's a little bit slower, less quick guy. He right. Uses deception. He needs to get going. He needs to be able to use his wiggle down the field and get his separation. And if you put a guy press on him, he, you, you, you negate a lot of that. You take a lot of that away. So I and that's something that I'm going to look for if guys covering run for this year because. He was a big name guy. He had a good year last year. He is a top notch guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm that that putting guy a guy in his face, I think is going to make a little bit of a difference here. And to Scott's look point, he, look at this. So he, seventeen targets yeah, he, to Adams. Look at look at the Chargers target distribution. Four, 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 right, four. Right. Look at the Raiders. Seventeen, <clears throat> and most of that Waller right. stuff was in that one drive. Right. Most of it was in that one drive. So, so to me, that tells me if I'm McDaniels, I got to say, hey, man, look, you can't throw it to Devontae. Every play. Go back to that, Josh? Yeah. Josh, go back down to that? Yeah, we go. I'm saying so, something, too, that stands out to me in that, in that up a little. Yeah, right there, Pat, and the receiver is, look at, look at the top three guys, right? Allen, four targets, four receptions. Eckler, four targets, four receptions. Carter, four, three, four, three. All the way down to Palmer, down to I mean everything seventy five to one hundred percent target. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Set, look at Adams, 
17 to 10. Right. Waller, yeah. six to four is all right, but those are mostly because of screens. Renfro, six targets, three receptions. I mean, Reception. that's 50%. I mean, yeah. his, you know, the, the target to reception rate, I think you should be more around a 75% number. Right. I mean, these numbers are all 50%. You know, Devontae is maybe at like a 55, 60% complete. But I mean, right. You can't have that many balls on the ground to your top three targets. I mean, I'm looking at in the top three targets, seven, two, three. That's 12 incompletions to your top three guys. I mean, that's three downs. That's four series of three and outs. Right. You know? Big and, time. And Josh, go up a little bit on this for a minute. Sure. All right. So look now look at Derek Carr. So 22 37, 295 yards. So we <clears throat> what that tells me is his depth of target, his range of target is not very good. It's his receivers are doing most of the work for him. So you gotta throw the ball down the field. You gotta loosen up the defense, first of all. Right. Second of all, I agree with, with Chad completely. These guys are getting 75 to, to 100 percent You know, whereas the Raiders. 10 for 17, 3 for 6, 4 for 6, you know, 0 for 3. Can't have that. You just can't have it. No, and you got to put it on Derek Carr because I'm looking at 4.9 yards of play rushing versus 2.5. That's a clear advantage towards the Raider defense. So the Raider defense should be nothing to, you know, nothing to be ashamed of holding the charge of 2.5 yards of carry. Right. There, there were times in that game, because I watched that game, basically from beginning to end, right. that he was just holding the ball way too long, way too long, and he wasn't making a, a, a fast and accurate decision. Right. When you're a quarterback, you need to you need to make a fast, accurate decision and get that ball out. Like Brady's 3.3 seconds of getting the ball out. you got to get that ball out quick. Right. You can't hold it. Because if you go – if you're in a quarterback, you go five. So if you if you get to five, forget it. You're gonna get sacked. Or you're gonna you're gonna do something dumb. And that was with Derek Carr. He's got to get better. He has to get better. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So that's Derek Carr, and we're doing this to make money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, other game that I got completely wrong. Uh. Again, Andy Reid, first game of the season. Andy Reid, yeah. uh, you know, one kid committed suicide. The other kid uh, was driving with a bunch of drugs and drunk, and he was an assistant coach on the team. So Andy Reid, Mormon guy, uh, has dedicated his life to the game of football, ignores everybody else. So he was ready for this game. And uh, Clingsbury was not. Uh, and if you look at this, look at the statistics of this game, I thought it was going to be under because I thought that uh, Kyle Murray and then we're going to get that air raid short passing game going. But they were ready for him. They were ready look for him. The, look at the Cardinals target leader. That, that tells you all you need to know in this game. Greg Dorch. Dorch. Was their target leader. And their running back was their second target leader. Right. Yeah. So that, to me. Where are the receivers at? Marquise Brown's four for 43. That's it. 
That's it. Okay. Zach Ertz only four for two. Green four. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had a touchdown catch with like less than a minute left in the game. So his basic line was one catch for. And DeAndre Hopkins can play, but since the coach cursed him out in public, he's like, I'm playing when I feel like I'm going to play. And also Murray cursed out Murray in public, said he was stupid and lazy, didn't want to read the playbook. To Chad's point with the Chargers, look at the uh, Chiefs. Eight receptions, nine targets. Six for eight, four for four, three for That's That's what you need. That's what you want from your, your offense. Their offense was very good. Spread the ball around. The Cardinals, I don't know what's going on. Kyler is, is I don't know what's going on with Kyler, but. Yeah, I mean, that's too is like Kyler's has 34 passing attempts, and only 10 of those attempts are two actual receivers. Right. Yep. And I thought that was going to keep the game under, but the Chiefs were ready. And the Chiefs shredded the the Cardinals because the Cardinals were missing a lot of players. I thought they were going to play deep zone, keep things in front of them, and Reed just torched them. Kyler, very disinterested during the game. Yeah. Very lackluster. No energy, no fault, nothing, right. nothing from him. Right, because you know somebody calls you. I mean, it's one thing for somebody to be your boss and say, "Hey, listen, you're lazy and you're dumb, so you need to work hard." It's another yep. thing when he blasted to the media and tells you, tells the media, your family, your people who played with you, your ex coaches, that you're a lazy, dumb guy. Even though they're paying remember him a lot of money. Initially, remember initially what they put in his contract. You need to study film for four hours a week. And what does that say? That you're lazy and that you're dumb. Exactly. So, you don't get it so the first me, time. I have to you know, repeat it to you. To me, I was a year too early on this Kingsbury take, but right. he's getting fired. <laughs> he's getting fired this year. I, I mean, I don't know if it's too, too, I mean, the lazy and dumb stuff, I, mean, I don't know the guy, but right. I mean, he is 5'8". And you, yep. what, you know what I'm saying? You do need yep. a higher level of preparation and <laughs> You're, you know, you're not, you know, like Brady understood that Brady needed a hard, that was his edge. That was how right. he separated himself. He was in That's the draft pick. You know, Rodney Harrison gets there at 530 every day in camp and there's Brady there at, he gets there at 530 when Brady's a rookie and right. Brady's already in there. Rodney Harrison comes back the next day at 515. Brady's already in there. Right. Yeah. You know, yep. It's like. That is a thing that, and, and, you know, as much as I don't, like, you know, if he's dumb or can't process stuff, like, look it, you have a physical disadvantage being 5'8". You right. need to be, if you want to be a Super Bowl quarterback, if you want to take this team to win this division, if you want to go to those things, the only way for you to get there is to be overly prepared. Brady wasn't the fastest guy. Brady wasn't the best athlete. He's a six-round pick, didn't play in college. You know, that was his tool, His how he took care of his body, his nutrition, his working out, how he kept himself on the field, stayed healthy, and how he prepped the game and understood the defenses and was a step ahead of them, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, and again, you got to look at the quarterback because you're looking at four point seven yards a a play rushing play. That's good. Anything over three point yeah, five is good. So it's, it's on your quarterback. And what three for twelve on third down? James Conner ran the ball ten times for twenty six yards, two point six yards a carry. That's not getting you anywhere. Right. Uh, it's just they, they don't have depth behind these guys. Right. You're going to really rely on Eno Benjamin if Connor goes down to be your lead back. I don't think they will. No. Receiving-wise, you have 
Marquise Brown, who you're not even throwing the ball to, you're not even looking at him half the time. A.J. Green, who is, what, 45 years old, who Kyle doesn't trust because of last year what happened when he didn't turn around and look for the ball. Right. Um, and you're not throwing to Zach Ertz, your tight end. So to me, that tells me Kyle has no confidence in his weapons, and they have no weapon. They have no depth. Rondell Moore was out this week. I don't think that would have made a difference. So uh, Hawkins is suspended, obviously, for six weeks. So that that's not making a difference either. But, yeah. I mean, th- actually, that does make a difference. Without DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler's not the same quarterback, for whatever reason it is. Well, because He's you can just throw it up to DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to make a play. Exactly. But DeAndre Hopkins will stop trying because what King Curry said to him last year. Right. You know, that's would, a problem. I, I would watch out for, for the Seahawks, man. I could see the Seahawks beating out the, the uh, Cardinals and the Niners right now. Yes, I agree. From what I saw in, in, in week one. Right, great coaching by Pete Carroll. Well, he has a style, right? That's the Pete Carroll process, his style, you know? Yeah. The defense looked good, man. They fast. tightened up in the red zone. Yeah, said that was the, the fastest defense he's ever had. That Ben don't break mentality for a defense is so, I mean, you know, we, even my senior year in, um, in high school, you know, we had, a, we had a, such a good, I mean, we had Fred Warner for the 49ers middle linebacker. Wow. Team high school. We, had, you know, <laughs> we had, we had guys all over the field that, that, that were just. You had Fred Warner, back man. Back. Damn. That's crazy. That was I on had, your high school. Yeah. I had two Pac-12 corners, D1, you know, I'm back <laughs> safety. Um, you know, so you were on the field in high school with NFL guys, man. Yeah, we got an Oregon State linebacker, a Colorado State DN. You know, we probably had an NFL linebacker. Yeah, that's crazy. College guys on that team, and you know, we almost shut out our whole league that year. Five games, we almost no one. We gave up one touchdown. We only gave up seven points in the whole league that year. Um, it was an incredible defense, and and we really preached that mentality that Ben don't break. Hey, they get a chunk play for forty yards. Hey, hold them to a field goal. Keep them out of the end zone. It's not over. I don't care if they have a one-inch yard line. We're in it. Let's right. keep them out of the end zone, right? That mentality. And the Seahawks exemplified that. I mean, goodness gracious. They, Bronco had the ball inside the red zone, inside the 10, inside the 5, three or four times. And they were – they just – every time they stiffened up the closer they got. And, I mean well, – People don't get that. Mentality, people don't get like, it. I, I love that, you know. The right. Bad, like, so what? They, 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 they got – 400 yards of total offense. They got 12 points. You know, we, we don't care. Then we'll give them that chunk play. We're going to hock you down, tackle you at the 10 yard line, and we're going to first and goal from the 10. Let's go. And we're going to win. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like what I saw there. That, that, that was some, some special stuff. Take Seattle this week. They're getting 10. When they get me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 10 points. 10 points. They get 10. Oh, I can't almost do it now. You you, you never bet it blindly, but what is it? Double digit dog. What are we getting our first double digit dog in the division? Double digit dog in the division. You don't bet it blindly, but they might win that game. Money line. Yeah, what? What's Pete Carroll's record against a rookie quarterback in the first game? <laughs> I know no no rookie quarterbacks ever beat Belichick, but that's tomorrow's I, podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. The Rams better watch out, right? Because if, if Seattle did not look bad last, they looked really good last night. They looked really good. Gino looked phenomenal last night. He looked really good in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. If, so, that, if that if that defense plays like that, they're going to be. Oh, there. lights out, lights out completely, completely. So. Yeah. Uh, a game I got wrong, but we should listen to John. John was telling about the Giants again. Another furious second half comeback. Uh, we got we had the under all day. <laughs> the under was almost a given, given D ball being a Satan belly sheet uh, disciple, right? Uh, the under was a given. Uh, but the Titans, they had a big lead, they had Derrick Henry. So usually when you have Derrick Henry in a big lead, the game is over because you're going to give the ball to Henry on every play. Did not happen this time. Uh, I still think they're going to have problems because Daniel Jones can't run that often. He he was running it, and he's going to get body slammed, and you're going to see Tyrod Taylor in the game. But for this game, he, he did enough for them to come back and a good offensive coordinator, the first half, he's setting up plays for the second half. So that second half plays, which Tom Barkley was wide open, that was because they set that up in the first half. What do you guys thought about this game? Two thoughts on this game. One, Vrabel had his worst coaching game in his coaching career. Yeah, he got a coach when I see he, here. He, he outcoached himself in this game. Right. And... Saquon Barkley won this game. It was all Saquon Barkley. Right. Look at look at the rushing per play, as right. we've been talking about. 7.4 yards per play. Right, yeah. Barkley had big plays yeah. in that entire second half. That's why they won the game. No other reason. Right. He looked way better than Henry. Yep. Way yep. better. Barkley was a, the best back on the field for either team, no doubt. Right. Also, yep. I think what Josh is saying has a good point with Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be able to go take them on that 10 play drive, yeah. but they had big plays, right? They had a long 80 yard touchdown, you know, pass that Sterling Shepard. Yeah. So it's like, if they get those chunk plays, like the big plays, that's what the giants need because right. like Daniel Jones isn't about to go take them on three 10 play drives down the field, ball control. You know, if Saquon can, can run it, you know, they might be able to do that. But you know, the more Daniel Jones is getting involved in the drive, I, I think, you know, that's the reason they were able to win this game and score enough is because of the chunk touchdown plays. Um, they didn't put many like super long drives together besides the one drive to win the game at the end. That was like the one complete drive they had the whole game was the one to win it at the end or tie it and then win it with a two point conversion. Right. So the thing that the thing that bothers me about the Giants is Kadarius Tony had no catches. Okay, zero catches. Galladay not a factor. Sterling Shepard's just coming off an Achilles injury. Well, okay. the, the Sterling Shepard was uh, the play I'm talking about, too, and then Barkley. Because there were two plays, one for Barkley and one Shepard, where they set this up in the first half, and this was a setup, yeah. and they got him, right? Because D-Ball's yeah. a good offensive coordinator, right? This is what bothered yeah, me, James and it good. drove me crazy. Huh? Richie James had a great game, yeah. Yeah, Richie James had a great game. Richie James, five, six targets, this... five catches. He caught everything his way, uh, eleven point eight. But this is this is what drove me crazy last year with uh, Josh Allen. Uh, six. This is his offense. Six designed runs for the quarterback. And good if you're built like Jalen Hurts, like a running back. If you're built like Josh Allen, like a running back, that's going to be fine. I don't think you can have six designed runs for Daniel Jones each game and keep him healthy. He doesn't have. He doesn't. I don't think he has lower or upper body strength. 
He's not used to that. I don't no, think he's what, ever done that. What he doesn't have either, Josh, is he doesn't have the lateral twitchiness, quickness right. to avoid big hits. Lamar, <laughs> right. he's really hard to get a big hit on. Right. You know, he's able to get out of the way where you just get a little right. bit of piece of him, right? Right. You don't wear him up and thud his ass. Daniel exactly. Daniel doesn't have that quickness. He's going to get thudded, head up collision. Right. He's not going to be able to. Right. The quicker you are, the better you are, the least amount of hits you have to take because you can avoid them. You get out of bounds. You can get slide down. You can juke the guy out, get down. You know, Dan just doesn't have that quickness. Running the ball six times a game for him. <laughs> right. He's going to get hit one or two times very hard. And those are going to add up over the course of a year. You know? and, and exactly. And the thing with, with me, the thing with me is Dayball is a good coach because he knew. I'm not putting the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. Right. Daniel Jones is not winning us this game. Right. I'm giving it to Saquon. Saquon's going to take us there. If we win the game, it's going to be on Saquon. Right. Yeah. In, so, in this in this play, he looks much much better. This play, Jones didn't have any reads. You could tell he just went back and got hit. Shepard. He didn't read yep. anything or anything. He put it out of his hands, like you're saying. And yeah, this is the other thing too. Tennessee was like before this game. Tennessee was like, is he really going to run Jones? As much as he ran Josh Allen, the answer was yes in this game. I, you, I don't think next, the other teams were like, oh, he, they might run him like they ran Josh Allen. And to Chad's point, he's going to get hit. And, it's and, the, and the other the thing is, uh, I'm sitting there, you know, sitting at the watching the Giants game. Right. And when, when Vrabel tries that third one tight end around and it gets stuffed, I was oh. like, I hope the Giants come down and score because yeah. they should lose the game because of that. Give it to Derrick Henry, third yeah. and one. If you get the first down, game is over. Game yeah. over. Outsmarting yourself. Yeah, exactly. A rookie, a rookie tight end running lateral. Exactly. It's going nowhere because the Giants are like, oh, here comes the tight end. They're going to give them the ball. They all five or six of them ganged up and stopped them. Yeah, because yeah. now tight ends are doing what yeah, fullbacks yeah. used to do. So that tight end was really a fullback in that situation. Giants recognized it, and we're all over it. You, you can't have Tannehill throw the ball 33 times in the game. No. And where are they going next week? Buffalo on Monday night. <laughs> Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. And plus, they're thinking long-term. Like they're in a weak division. They're not going to be showing much in that game. Yeah. I'm gonna Buffalo's going to win that game pretty handily, I think. Probably. Yeah. So. And they want a new stadium, too. So, yeah. You know how that yeah. goes when teams need a new stadium. Uh, okay, so the last couple, I should have stuck to my guns. I had the over on the Viking, uh, the under on the Vikings game. I thought because it was a division game at the end, it would be more of a shootout, but before stuck to his guns, he basically he sh- showed his hand that he doesn't think much of his division rivals. He doesn't think much of Detroit. doesn't much, think much of Chicago. And doesn't think much of Minnesota. They basically made this a preseason game, showed very little of their offense, and the game was under. Under 46. Uh Scott, you had you had the over two. We all had the over. We were all wrong. I was wrong. Bad pick versus bad luck. What do you guys think? So the Vikings were an underdog. At home. At home. How? How? We all of us got it right. <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Thank you, Vegas. I, I, bet, I bet the Vikings 
Saturday. And I got <laughs> I got two points plus two with the Vikings. Ugh. How is that possible? This this game was on the side was the easiest game to pick for me. Right. Because Aaron Rodgers was coming in with no Alan Tanya just back from an injury. He doesn't throw to rookie wide receivers. Right. As you can see the first play, he tried, tried to throw Watson. Watson dropped an easy pass. He hardly went back to him the rest of the game. You know, to me, Aaron Jones and A.J. Jones were going to have to carry the Packers, and they couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it. The Vikings have a really good offense. I also picked the Vikings to win that division. I think the Vikings win that division. I don't see how they really can. I, I like I like O'Connell the way he looked back there. I, I absolutely do. I think he's got the right system for the personnel that they have. He got with Gruden and McVay to get that coaching staff going. Jefferson's right. going to be a beast all year long, right. all year long. Because what is Jefferson doing this year that he didn't do last year? He's going in motion. He didn't. Mike Zimmer never put him in motion last year. This year, O'Connell is putting Jefferson in motion, moving him around the offense. It's not going to be in the same place, two or three plays in a row. That makes a huge difference for the Vikings. They didn't need Dalvin Cook. No. Justin Jefferson took that game over single-handedly early in the game. And right. they won. And that, right. that's the whole thing. I think Minnesota is a dangerous threat in the NFC this year. I really do. I love them. I love them getting two points at home in the opening game at, with, with Packers personnel. No chance the Packers would win that game. I thought it would be a shootout, but I, I should have went the other way when I found out Lazard was out. Yeah, early in the season. What do you think, yeah. Chad? Yeah, you know, division game, early in the season. Uh, we should have gone under. I should have kept my guns and gone under, kept yeah. it under. You know, all the weapons that Scott just listed being out, no, no Devontae being traded, you know, no Lazard. It, uh, you know, it's a division. It's a division game, and uh, you know, I really thought this was going to be more of a shootout. You know, you're in that controlled environment, but yeah. uh, you know, it was funny because I was looking at the the late the the afternoon slate, you know, and I was looking at okay, we had every game under. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the, the Cardinals game, we had the the Raiders under, the Cardinals under, and then. Uh, Tennessee under, and then yeah, so we had all we did have all unders, huh? Yeah, we had all unders, and then I said to myself, one of these games have to be over, and I was wrong. None of these yeah, games yeah. went over. And exactly. <laughs> we had the over in the Vikings game, and I remember sitting there. Look, I had the Vikings game, and then I had the Cardinals and Chiefs. Now, okay, these are my two controlled environment stadiums. Right. And I said one of these games has to go over. One of them is going to go over. And I almost switched my Chiefs and Cardinals pick to the over in that spot. Um, but, yeah, I just – And you knew Pete Carroll was going to be under all day. <laughs> all day, every day, Pete Carroll's going to be under. So you're looking at, you know, Dallas, you know, and uh, we'll get to that game. I guess we'll go next. And, and you uh, know what I, what I, what I think the, 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 the deal breaker there that I missed in those two games, why I should have flip-flopped? Right. The Vikings, right? We're in a division game. Exactly. And, you know, is going to lead to the Chiefs 
and the Cardinals are at a conference game. Doesn't matter. Doesn't the matter. Cardinals didn't even show up. Right. And Preseason that, game for I them. I think those two factors, you got to go with the over in the NFC, AFC at a conference game, and you got to go with the under in the division game. And that's yeah. what it's Agreed. 100%. 100%. And now I know for next year, because I, I, that was that was really the unknown. How are coaches going to react to that extra game? They, they did it last year, Command of COVID. This year, some coaches looked at it as a preseason game, right? Especially if they were out of the division. Within the division, they, they played it close to the vest because they, they don't want to be the ones making a mistake in a uh, in a division game. They want the other teams to make a mistake. Dallas, again, uh, I needed to stick to my guns and know that uh, Tom Brady is going to run a three tight end offense. Cameron Brady smart. He's going to replace Gronk as uh, his, his air raid guy where they both independently read the defenses. And Dallas has nothing right now. Uh they got rid of Mike too, uh, Cooper, which was dumb. Uh, they got rid of Collins on the offensive line. Their offensive line can run block. They're a disaster, but they couldn't even run against uh, Vita Vea. It was a really good Tampa Bay defensive front, so I'm not going to hold them against him. And Dak hurt his ankle, and Dak hasn't been the same since. since he, coming back from the injury, he hasn't been good. We play that zone, which was all right with Quinn. That's under all day, every day. And there's no way Dallas was going to cover this game uh, with the problems I outlined. What do you guys think? I'll be back in a second. I Tampa Bay, there's something missing with them. The offensive line's not good, first of all. I mean, Brady was, was under duress for half the game. Dallas, I don't know what's going on with Dallas. Dallas just doesn't have any receivers. First of all, Gallup being out was a big loss for them. Um, now Dak's hurt. Dak's going to be out six to eight weeks. He broke his hand um, in the game. He had surgery yesterday, so he's out. So Cooper rushes the quarterback. So there's going to be some. There's probably going to be a lot of unders in the next six to eight weeks for the Cowboys. Um, you know, the offensive line didn't do any Zeke any favors, so. They're missing a lot on offense. And Mike McCarthy is one of the worst coaches I've ever seen coaching coach a football game right now. So, um, so all that was a – and Brady knows what to do. He, he, he's 100% knows what to do. He's been around the block. He makes do with what he's got. He wills the team to win. He did that the other night. So I think Tampa is going to be a, a really solid team all year long. You don't think they're going to score 30 points in a lot of ball games. I think no. they're going to be in the uh, low 20s. Yeah. But Dallas is gonna. Dallas is in serious trouble right now. No Dak. Dak's out for the next two months. They're in trouble. They're they're an under team for sure. The next six to eight weeks. So yeah, and I think Dallas and Tampa are both gonna be under teams moving forward. Dallas looks terrible. Yeah. I I mean they, golly they I I could see them. I could see two teams passing them in the division. Uh, they they could be really in a hole by the time Dak gets back and then. Yeah, man. Tam- one of the biggest things in this game, Tampa Bay's defense, man, looked yeah. good. And yeah. Brady, I think, knows he's got a good defense. And right. Like you're saying, I think, you know, the three tight end, like, he knows he's going to score third. He knows if I can get 24 points a game, I can win every game. Yep. Um, yep. And he's not going to try to do too much. You know, he, he 
he, if his defense can handle it, Brady will put it on the defense. I mean, he's come from the Belichick tree. He, he's had that kind of style in the past. He's, you know, he's been in Super Bowls because his defense was freaking the best defense ever in football history. Right. And what do you guys think about this? I think the biggest value for me, yeah, the biggest value of Tom Brady, right? And this is important. I thought it was a very important uh, statistic. And it is that only four times has a team not made the playoffs and won the Super Bowl the next year. Two of those times, Tom Brady's been the quarterback, right? We took over for Bledsoe in New England and in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady gets you in the right play. Chance does the same thing. Gets you in the right play every play. He looks at the defense, and if it should be a running play, he'll get you there, right? Whatever defense you're in is wrong because he, he's going to read it. Peyton Manning was good at that, too. You would look, you would, okay, here's the mic, here's the strong safety, boom, boom. He gets you in that right play every single time, and that's huge. But plus, he's a quarterback that doesn't care whether he's going to throw to Leonard Fournette 12 times right. or Mike Evans 12 times. He doesn't care. Right. He, th- he throws to the guy that's open usually. Right. You don't see him force a lot of passes. Like, Fournette is going to catch eight balls right. in a lot of games. Because he just likes to dump off to the running back. Godwin's out now, so it might not be Mike Evans. It might be Julio Jones. It right. might be Russell Gage. It might yeah. be uh, Rashad Perriman. He doesn't care, and that's what makes him a dangerous quarterback. So it's just like the perfect thing. Especially in New England where they never got weapons from. You know, yeah. A lot of times right. they always throw to lesser guys. So, you know, he's come up. Throwing, he's he doesn't have that Aaron Rodgers where that rookie drops and he's got this, you know, right, look, look here. right, right. Back to him. Brady's got that. Come on, man, I got I'm coming back to you, bro. Let's go get it together, right? Rodgers has got this egotistical, like, man, you fucking suck. I'm not <laughs> exactly. Is if they get inside the five yard line, Brady's throwing to Mike Evans every time. Well, the fade, the fade, the fade. Yep. And the thing is, too, uh, Brady brings him over to the compound, the house, during, you know, spring. And Mike Evans used to get there early. He was like, oh, who's out there in my yard? Da, da, da. The security's like, oh, that's Mike Evans. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he's, there, he's there early, and they built that rapport with that, that jump ball. That's where they got that jump. That's why he's going to him every time, because he was doing it months ago. And, you know. Plus, and- as we said during the NFC preview, this is his last year. I'm almost certain this is Brady's last year. He's going to will that team to get to the Super Bowl if he can, simply because of that fact. So they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be an under team because, as Chad said, that defense is phenomenal. It's one of the top three in the NFL, I think. So Yeah, Todd both Jason Light, got it together. Yep. Yep. So uh, – People, you know, it's when I used to have a restaurant, I opened up at 11. So when people started showing up at 7 a.m., you just knew that was going to be a busy day. <laughs> uh, so all the people jumping in on pod being live, because I don't announce it. I'll put the schedule out. But uh, there's a lot of people on here. And if you have any questions, let us know. Got any comments, because we don't know everything. Let us know. Final thoughts, guys. I kind of like that we got the system down right. We got the process. You know, uh, last week ends up being 
I think three years ago, I was 15 out of 16 weeks uh, profit. And then we got, last year, we were 17 weeks in a row of profit. So that's 35 weeks in a row. Week one, we made profit. So that's, what, 37 weeks in a row of profit. So we learn from our mistakes. Usually when we're on like this, the next week, we're close to 70 want to get it up to 80 percent final yeah, words guys as i said to you pre-show and as i've said to you before week one teaches you a lot right the hardest week to, to pick games is week one right and you just went through it we made profit so i think we're gonna i know i don't think i know we're gonna be much much better this week because of that simple fact we have a lot of information and data to go on now so i, I think and thank you to better. don benton getting us the rams and thank you to Adrian Rogers for your reliance. The part, the big reason we got profit on week one. What do you say, Chad? Hey man, I think I had the worst record out of all of us. I went 17 and 15, 53%. Still profit. Though. Still profit. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. You know? and, and only, and only I mean, 12% of the picks you get on Twitter are over 52.5. That means that 88% aren't. 17 and 15 was easily two games. I could have went, you know, easily could have been 19 and I mean, so, you know, one two games, so subtle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, getting profit, getting a winning record like that, over 52 and a half percent in the first week, I think is, is awesome to, to grow on. And, I mean, it's, we're only going up from here. Right. Um, you know, it's only going to get better. We got a lot of information. And, man, I love the hot deck. I love reviewing these games and going over them that we got right back on because it really just gets my mind, you know, you know, it gets me clear for next week, and it really gives me, you know, the review that I need to before I start breaking down the game for the following week. Man, I, I love it, and uh, I mean, this is our second year of, of this team kind of doing it, man. Right. We had a lot of success last year, and this podcast was huge for us last year, man. It helped us just just progress immensely week to week, and uh, man, I think uh, I think we're 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 we're, we're going to get rocking and rolling, man. I think we're having seventy eight percent week here. And this that you know those are the weeks that bankroll just gets jumping. You know this we got exactly for this week. I got a little something working in the right direction, but man, I I think we got some big weeks ahead of us where we can really really monetize and get those bankrolls going in the right direction. Big time, big time, and you know it is humiliating when you have a pick you should have gotten right and get wrong. But you have to flush it out and you got to be honest, right? That's a, that's a big part of this. And then realizing the collaborative thing. You do not know everything and then you need other people who are smart, not just anybody. You need the right people uh, to give you good information to move forward. And like what Scott was saying about the picture on ESPN, action sports, you do not have to pay $300 for action sports. The amount of information that we give you on this podcast and the one tomorrow is all the information you need. If you're adding on information, you might be information overload. You might be numbers and statistics overload. And we give, right? You got a guy like Don Benson, Adrian Robb, all of us. We're giving, right? Tom yesterday, Tom Getty, executive, making millions of dollars at DraftKings, now founding a company with Magic Johnson, and Tiger Woods, I didn't know. Maybe it was off camera. We didn't know on camera. 
So I won't go into specific numbers. I didn't know how much money Penny Hardaway had. All right? But he kind of gave us our time because it wasn't philanthropy or religion. He's not just, Tom Getty's not just doing it or we're not doing it because we're nice guys. It's business. When you give one, you get 10 back. And the queen, we talk about her best moment, the queen's best moment, 70 years, her best moment was the Blitzkrieg. When the Nazis were coming in and bombing London, she says, I'm staying here. Winston Churchill said, I'm staying here. And Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor. But you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network as we make money together. I'm the best there is.